I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is Brad Thompson. We of 101 ESPN. If you're listening to us, that means you've downloaded us, and we are starting a new podcast for 101 ESPN, and we're going to be doing this, Brad, throughout the baseball season. I'm not sure what we're doing or how we're supposed to do it, but we're going to be doing a podcast and talking Cardinals baseball. can't be that tough. No, I wouldn't think so, Dan. I think that people don't care what or how. They want content. They want Cardinal content, and what better, you know, what better place to find it than right here? Dan, we're sitting here right now doing podcast number one. We're at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter. A ball game just got over with. We're around the guys. Uh, you know, finally things are back to normal. I think that we're going to have fun, we're going to be informative, and we're going to have a great time in the process. I, I, I will say this. The, the coolest part about being back at uh, the ballpark, and for fans that don't know, if, if you were curious about this, during the pandemic of 2020 and then last year, every road game was done on monitors. We were in a studio. So we did go to the ballpark at Bush Stadium for home games. Kind of like you at your house when you were watching the games. Yes. But we didn't use some of the choice language that you used Pro- when you were or watching Or throw anything. Well, yeah. no, we did. Well, Jimmy was on the floor one time because he got an upset tummy. That did. That's when I got called in yeah. to be a relief pitcher yeah. during a broadcast. He so got that was better. Fun. That was fun. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we actually are coming to you from Roger Dean Stadium at our perch in the broadcast booth. And this is the place that... Um, I was at when sports was shut down in, in 2012. So we were we were talking about this today. I, I think it was the last game that literally was in sports in the world. The Cardinals actually got that game in, and then after the game was over, sports was shut down. Now, the night before, I think, was Rudy Gobert and what was happening in the NBA with Oklahoma City, and then the uh, NCAA tournament had been shut down, or conference tournaments it was at that point, not the tournament itself. Everything just kept rolling in, didn't it? Yeah, and we were wondering whether or not we're going to get, you know, to play baseball, and I was working with Ricky and Keel, and lo and behold, they shut down the sports. And so to be back here in 2022, uh, not emotional, but, man, a lot of thoughts, a lot of, a lot of things I've been thinking about today taking me back to this point of being back in this booth and doing games. It's great because people ask us, are we going to travel? Yes, we are supposed to travel. So it's getting back to a sense of normalcy. It is getting back to normal. And look, pandemic aside, we had a very tumultuous offseason. There was a lockout. We heard uh, games were getting canceled. There were deadlines. There were so many things that go into it. So to get to this point where we're going to have a full 162, things get pushed back a week. They've made some scheduling changes where you're going to have two doubleheaders against the Cubs. They're going to make up three games against the Pirates at the end of the season to make your schedule whole. There's real excitement. There's real excitement from you and I. There's real excitement from the fan base that is here, which, by the way, at the game today, and as we're, we're you know recording this, the Cardinals just beat the Marlins uh, in their fourth game. They go undefeated so far in, in spring training. There are so many fans that are here that are excited about oh, yeah. it. But, Dan, you, you've been in the clubhouse already. The guys are pumped. Like, this is a sprint to get to April 7th. I, I think, you know, it's interesting about the sprint you talk about to get to April 7th. Let's go back to the lockout. When they made the move on that day, I guess it'll be two weeks come Thursday that that, would have, uh, that decision was made. And uh, I remember being in the studio 101, you were at uh, a family wedding, and uh, I was thinking, man, if they don't get this thing done today, they are out of runway to get 162. Like, it, it would have been impossible to fit in 162. 
And if they don't get it done that day, I'm not sure that you and I are sitting here in Jupiter, Florida this afternoon and the rest of this spring training calling games because it, at that point, you know, players are going to want a full season. They're, want to get a, they're, they're going to want to get their full pay. Service time would have been huge. That would have been something that would have been taken away. So you're talking about whether or not you can get a full 162 in. And thank goodness they did. And I think a lot of hard feelings from fans, I could be wrong about this. I'm curious what you think. I think those have subsided. I think people are like, look, okay, we missed a little bit of spring. And, yeah, some people may have had vacation time down here. They got disrupted because they wanted to go to a game. There were no games. But for the most part, you know what? The thing is, I'm happy because I'm getting a full season, and that's what I wanted. I think fans are okay with that. I do, too. I do, too. We, we didn't care. Nobody wanted to see how the sausage was made, Dan. We didn't want to get drugged through any of this. And talking through the logistics, none of it lands well on normal, like a normal fan, right? You hear that MLBPA turned down a $700,000 minimum salary initially. You're like, what, is, what on earth is going on? There's a lot more that ends up going into it. We just want baseball. We want to be able right. to watch the game. Uh, we, we want to be able to bring our families to the ballpark or sit in front of the TV and uh, just just have an escape. And that was that was the thing that Major League Baseball really hurt themselves with, in my opinion, Dan, is they didn't provide an escape for us this offseason. They provided another thing that this it was another problem. You right. know? So now the escape part comes. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm in total agreement with you on that. So now it is a sprint to April 7th. So the Cardinals will open up in a home opener at Bush Stadium season opener at Bush Stadium against the Pirates. Adam Wainwright, we would have to think, will be your opening day starter. The question marks down here will be who's the DH on a daily basis. That's up for debate. Uh, will rosters be expanded to 27 or 28, which then would allow maybe a young player you haven't heard of to make this team? Uh, who's your fifth starter with Jack Flaherty being out? Yeah. So there, there are some question marks that need to be answered, uh, questions that need to be answered before – we head north to St. Louis, but generally speaking, um, I like this team. I, I think it's going to be a pretty good team. And when you look at the everyday lineup they can throw out there, the defense that they'll have, five gold glovers returning, I don't think there's a better defensive team in baseball. So then it becomes, will they hit enough? And do they have enough pitching? And, and that's the big question marks for me. And maybe it's crazy to be this confident in one aspect of the team, but I'm incredibly confident that the offense is, is turned the corner. You look back to last year, and overall, look, this was a middle-of-the-pack offense. And to be totally fair, it's been a middle-of-the-pack offense for the last two and a half years. Like, they, they have not lived up to what the expectations have been. But you look back to the last two months of the season, Dan, they were the second-best offensive club in baseball. I mean, they were hitting the ball well. And they had their issues, as, as we know, all season long against, uh, against righties. You know, they, they hit lefties better than every team except for the Toronto Blue Jays. Right. But they needed to make some adjustments. Well, I, I think that the addition of Corey Dickerson is going to help. I, I think that overall, just the continuity here, we spent plenty of time talking about whether it be on the radio or on TV – uh, Jeff Albert, his approach. Uh, they bring in Turner Ward, longtime big leaguer, but very analytically driven as well. I just feel like this team, with the strides that O'Neill made last year, the strides that Dylan Carlson made, with some stars already on the corners, I feel like they're in a really good position to succeed. So if you're listening to this, uh, you maybe are wondering about some young guys making an impression. Uh, we saw one up close, Andre Palante, closed out the game against the Marlins. He's a young kid that maybe you haven't heard about. He is impressive. 
Jake Walsh is another one that's opened up some eyes down here. So there are some guys that are making that impression to potentially with roster spots opening up. Alex Reyes not going to start with the club. We mentioned Jack Flaherty. So those are two kids right off the bat that have grabbed my attention. So you and I, and a good thing we don't have the big office that Ollie Marmel has, because if we did, we'd be making moves day in and day Andre out. Andre Pallante would be on my team <laughs> yeah, after yeah, watching that We both looked at each other like, sign him up. Yeah. Pallante's throwing 98, 99, and he's a little unorthodox. You watch him, he's over the top, but it's like a really fast arm, quick delivery, and then he's got a breaking ball to go on top of it. He used that to, to get the punch out to end the game. And there, there should be so much excitement. If you're an arm in this camp, you never want to see guys get hurt, okay? And even if you're one of the guys on the fringe, you're not rooting for Jack Flaherty to be on the shelf. You're not rooting for Alex Reyes to be on the shelf. But you realize that's how the game goes. Like, like guys get hurt. Who takes advantage of opportunities? Pallante's on the 40-man roster. Jake Walsh, who you mentioned. Yep. And I... Uh, one of the comps that I keep hearing with Jake Walsh is he looks like vintage Trevor Rosenthal. Exactly. The, That's what I've heard, too. Yes. The, the way that the ball comes out of his hands, you, and Cardinal fans remember Trevor Rosenthal as the fastball would just explode out of his hands. But the difference is apparently Walsh has better feel for his breaking ball, and it might have nastier bite than, than Trevor's did. And he has a good changeup as well. And when Trevor Rosenthal was at his best, his changeup was really working. So there's some excitement with, with those guys that are already on the 40-man roster. There's excitement for guys, too, that maybe aren't uh, aren't household names, but the Cardinals went out and made some signings. Aaron Brooks went out there, uh, and, and he looked good. You know, it, it's it's amazing how you can piece things together. We get caught up in the, the entire offseason of wanting the big name, and everybody wanted Scherzer. Sign me up. I'll take Scherzer. It's not my $43 million a year. Are you better with Max Scherzer? Of course right. you are. Everybody wanted Kyle Schwarber. He goes out and gets a four-year deal uh, of almost around $80 million. Look, it, it's not about the big names. It, it's about how do you put together a team that can complement what you already have, and I feel like they're doing that. In terms of how spring training will go now, so April 7th, I, I keep saying this, it is not that far away. This would be a normal time where you're wrapping up spring next week, you're hitting the road, man. I mean, it's almost time to go. Like late March, you're, you're starting your season. Well, that's not the case now. So this would be the dead time in a normal spring training where guys do hit that dead arm stage and all that kind of stuff. And it does make me think if we're going to get to that dead arm stage in early parts of the season in April. But besides that, you got Ali Marmol in his first camp trying to figure out how am I going to run this yep. and how am I going to make sure that the guys that I'm going north with are prepared and ready to roll. And that is something that everybody in baseball is trying to figure out. How much work is enough? And I don't want to overtax guys, but yet I got to make sure that they're ready. And that really goes to the pitching side more so than the position players. Yeah, and talking to Ollie today, his expectation specifically for the starters is, I mean, they're going to get him up to that five-inning mark, or at least yeah. going to, to attempt to get him to that five-inning mark before we end up leaving here in Jupiter. Uh, you, you know this, your guys have been putting in the work, okay? It's not like they, the lockout happened and they locked out too. It's like, well, we're not doing anything. Baseball is, is off. No, they, they jumped right into things, and maybe it was different for some guys. Some guys end up using a lot of the facilities that, that the Cardinals have. Maybe guys come down to Jupiter a little bit early and are here at the ballpark that didn't get that opportunity. But you're still going to figure out ways to ready yourself. But as an organization, you want to see those big league innings under your watch, right? Like you can hear that somebody was doing this and doing that, and you can see the ball coming out of his hand well, and you can tell that they're in shape. 
But you got to make sure. And mm-hmm. that's where the depth ends up coming into play. And uh, for, for Ollie, I think it's one of the things, a key word that he talks about a lot is honesty, right? It, it's him being honest with the players, with expectations, with what he wants, what he's going to, going to do, what the roles are going to be. Well, with the players, that honesty needs to be coming back. It's like, all right, hey, I'm feeling good. I need this. As a pitcher, I could use uh, you know a couple more games. Because those games can be manufactured, Dan. You know that. Yeah. It doesn't have sure. to be grapefruit league action. Go on the it back can be backfields. Yeah, yeah, go out there and throw a few innings. You want to pitch uh, you know, back-to-back days? Great. We got you covered. You want to pitch two out of three? We'll do that. I think that you can really tailor-make what you want to do, but guys have to know themselves a little bit, and organizationally, you got to know when to push. All right. They have heard of certain names like Burleson, uh, Donovan. We saw Scott Hurst. Lars Neupar has had a very good start to the camp. Anybody outside of the pitchers but position players, anybody catch your eye so far? Yeah, well, you brought up Donovan, man. I, I just I, I like, like him. I do, too. I, I like the fact that he's already shown off his versatility in this camp. Today, as we're, we're recording this, he played left field. He played right field the night before against the Nationals. We know he's an infielder by trade, second base, third baseman. Right. Uh, left-handed stick can go the other way, has some power, hit a home run today, wind might have helped a tiny bit, but it drove just the ball the other bit. way just a little bit, just a little bit. It's he got right. it up in the air. The, the left fielder was camped under it, and then it ended up hitting off a bus out in left field. Uh, but he he had a pitch. It was a changeup down and away la- uh, last night against the Washington Nationals, and just his approach of staying on it, driving the ball the other way. He's got a great idea of what he's doing. So he's a guy that stood out. Obviously, all eyes are going to be on Nolan Gorman because when you talk about impact and you talk about a guy that can really change organizationally, like he, he's a franchise-changing player if he reaches some of the pinnacles that, uh, that they expect him to. Eyes are going to be on him as well, but uh, I really like what I've seen out of Donovan. I feel like, like he is very close to the big leagues. All right, uh, this is going to wrap up our first edition. You like this? I love this. We're going to do this a couple times a week, right? At least, yeah. Uh, that's the idea. But to keep fans informed, certainly down here in spring training, it's a great way to do it. And we've got boots on the ground. It is awesome. i got to tell you, it's awesome to be back. And I, uh, what caught my eyes, we wrap it up, was the crowd. I was surprised at how big the crowd was. Now, maybe it's a byproduct that people already had plans to be down here for spring training. Could be. Um and maybe they thought, you know, there's a lot of kids out for spring break, so they were coming down anyway. But, you know, the, the one thing I kept hearing is that, boy, the crowds, the crowds, what are they going to be like? And me, too. I was curious once the lockout ended. Well, it's ended, and there are fans coming out to the ballpark, and it feels back to a sense of normalcy, which is what we all want. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Dan, I, I, I know you, just like me, we talked to a bunch of fans today. Did one fan mention to you the lockout today? Not no. me. Not me. No. They're excited to be here. They're yeah. excited to see this. They're excited for the regular season to start, uh, and we're there with you. And I'm excited to do this with you. I think that we're going to have a f- uh, lot of fun, you know, d- going through this entire ride together. Did we? Did we come uh, up with the name? Is it still BT and Friend? BT and Friend. All right. Not perfect. BT and Friend. Not. I think that's what we need to call it. BT and Friend. BT and Friend. A now, Cardinals we, we've podcast. Been talking about Red- <laughs> we've been talking about Redbird Report. We've been talking about, you know, one-on-one baseball podcast. I kind of like BT and Friends. I do, too. I think they've landed on Redbird Report, though. So we'll see what ends up coming okay. out of this. But we, uh, we have creative license. Maybe we could change it later. BT and Friend. You <laughs> Thank you, dra- Friend. I, I, want, I, I want you to draw, like, the caricature of BT and Friend. <laughs> I got you covered. <laughs> I'll, I'll do our art. That would be awesome. Good stuff, my man. Thanks. Thank you. That's BT. I'm Danny Mack. 
on the BT and Friend podcast. Boom. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.